Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia, and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us a guest that I am so excited to ask all of the questions to, Ashley <laughs> Nordman. She is a medical esthetician as well as the CEO of Scent Naturals, an all-natural perfume line, and the creator of AN Skin and Beauty. And she's here to answer all of our skin questions, and she'll tell us all about her brands as well. So, hey, Ash, thanks for being with us. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for letting me be on your podcast. I'm really excited to be here. We are so excited. We have so yes. many skin questions. We've been talking about this for so long. I think this was one of the very first topics that Julia asked about. We're like, okay, we're going to start yeah. a podcast. Oh, and we need an episode about skincare. <laughs> um, so we're because just so excited. Because it's all I think about. I yep. think about it every second of every day. In I her spare it. time. So Literally. We're, we're ready. Yeah, this, I'm like fangirling about this episode already. So. <laughs> uh, but before we get into skin things, Ashley, uh, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, how old you are, anything you want to anything you want to tell us. All right. So my name is Ashley and I'm 27 years old. I turned 28 in July. So creeping up towards 30. <laughs> but um, I, I honestly feel like I'm 15. Like I feel like as I get older, I'm like aging backwards. I'm, I'm channeling that inner child. But what um, an amazing way to love feel. that. <laughs> yeah, I really I it's been great. Like I think when I was younger, like in my like probably 22 to 24, I was like so business oriented. Mm. And I really didn't play. You know, I just was like mm. so focused on work. And now as I'm getting a little older and more mature, I'm like, you know what? Life is about balance and enjoying yourself. And so I've really found like my inner kid again, which has been really good for me, really good for my energy. But yeah, so I am originally from Northern Illinois. I grew up on a farm in a really small town called Oregon, Illinois. And you've probably never heard of it because it's like 3,000 people, little hick town. Oh my God. <laughs> Yep. Loved it. Um, it was a great, beautiful place. I love visiting there now, but I live about four and a half hours south of there in St. Louis, Missouri. So I'm right outside of the city and I've lived here for about three years. I moved here and I was a health coach at the time, as well as an athlete for a supplement company that is based out of St. Louis. And that's mm -hmm. kind of what drove me down here. And then ever since then, I've stayed. I really love it here. And it's not too far from home. So I can just drive on up home if I really want to. That's so it's super good. Yeah. yeah. And um, I completely switched my career path about a year ago. I went to school down here at the Skin Institute for about nine years or nine months, sorry. And became <laughs> nine, years. Yeah, nine years. Nine years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So cool. Yeah, I really, I have to reflect quickly on what you said about like finding your inner child and like taking advantage of play because I think that we're in such a time where especially right after you graduate or, or whatever, you know, that like early 20s time, I think there's so much pressure to hustle and to be the absolute best you can be right away. So I think it's so powerful and honestly a really great lesson um, to incorporate more play. So uh, you just also mentioned that you've changed career paths a few times. So what exactly led you to becoming an esthetician? So I'll backtrack a little bit. I went to college right out of high school in Illinois. I went to University of Illinois. I graduated when I was 20 years old. So I wasn't, I hadn't even turned 21. Oh my God. Degree. Yeah, I was so motivated. I mean, I still am, but like it was next level with schooling. I love school. So that's amazing. I graduated in 2013 and had a great degree in marketing and advertising as well as communications. And then I kind of thought, okay, I'm going to do, you know, something with this path and somehow kind of ended up becoming a health coach. And you, I used that degree to really help with my self-promotion and marketing myself and creating my own brand. And then over time, I developed my own online coaching business. It was super successful. I ran it for probably five or six years. I did incredible. I helped so many people and I absolutely loved it for a very long time. But I think I'm, I'm really bad at saying no. And I definitely oh, overextended sick. myself. We, we are guilty that. of that too. <laughs> yes. I am such a people pleaser. Like I do not know how to 
to like let off the gas ever. And I think I truly just burned myself out. I was working 14 plus hours a day, just constantly grinding on my computer. Everything was online and I'm definitely a people person. And so over time, I just started noticing that it was really men mentally and like emotionally affecting me in a bad way. And I started kind of losing the passion for it, I think, just because I do love like that in-person connection. And I really didn't have that anymore. So at the time I kind of made a transition with my business too. I was more of a fitness professional for when I started everything. I was a bodybuilder for years. I was super into like the aesthetic side of things. And then I started developing a ton of health conditions. And when that happened, I went back to school. I became a certified health coach and I focused more on holistic health and kind of transitioned my coaching business into that. And throughout that journey, that's when I realized that I had developed a ton of hormonal issues, gut issues, all these things from all the crazy years of bodybuilding and just being super extreme. And long story short, I ended up going off birth control because I had been on birth control for about 10 years and I researched it heavily and realized that it was you know, causing a lot of my issues. And so when I went off, I developed acne. And the reason I went on it in the first place was because I had acne when I was like 14 years old, you know, that you go to the dermatologist or the doctor, oh. they put you on medication and you know, it is what it is. And so I quickly realized that one of my biggest insecurities as a child was still one of my biggest insecurities in adulthood, because the second that, that acne came back, I realized how much it truly affected my confidence. And I grew very depressed. I didn't want to show myself on social media. You know, I have a pretty big social media following and it was so embarrassing for me to show my face because I was, to me, it was just mortifying having acne. And so I started seeing an esthetician because I didn't know what to do. And I just wanted my skin to get better. And my esthetician really, really me much. It didn't completely clear my acne, but it made such a big difference for me and really helped my confidence. And over time I was like, you know what? I think that would be an incredible field to just help people feel good in their skin. I have this background with fitness and health and holistic health and all these things that go into skin health as well, because your skin is, you know, your biggest organ. So what you see happening on your skin is a reflection of what's going on inside you. And I felt like my prior knowledge with, you know, all of my coaching and stuff would really tie in well with that. So I was super nervous about it. I was extremely nervous to completely, you know, switch career paths, yeah. but I shut down my coaching business and, you know, kind of overnight. I'm a, when I make my mind up on something, it's pretty quickly. So I just mm -hmm. kind of was like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's dive in. So I stopped my coaching business. I went to school, put my head down for like nine months last year and just wow. really committed myself to the to that field and just learning as much as I could. And I really could not be happier because it was such a great transition for me. Like I, mm -hmm. I absolutely love doing what I do now. Yeah. I mean, it all seems to make sense. And what you said about like, you know, the birth control and the hormones, like I think so many women can relate to that. I know that was like my journey. I, you know, was on birth control because uh, to control my acne and then it got worse in adulthood and like, it was horrible. And like so many, and I think the, the hard thing about hormonal acne is that it's like you could be doing everything right like eating well and exercising well and sleeping and doing the right products but like some like hormones is like the thing that we don't know how to control so mm. I just think that I like I totally hear that and I know a lot of women struggle especially with that so it's Definitely. cool to hear that you've had that experience as well. And that's what led part of what led you to, to doing what you do now. Definitely. Yeah. And especially the part that you said it, it like affecting your confidence and the way that you carry yourself. Um, it's just so interesting because it, you know, it, it's on face and our face is like what, what we lead with. And it's really hard to like separate those things. So I think it's awesome that you went into this field and are helping so many people to take care of themselves and also to to feel confident and proud of their themselves. Yeah. Thank you. I'm truly in a unique position and I really I really I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it shows like you, you've already had so much success with it after changing career paths. And obviously what you did before really does go hand in hand with this. So, I mean, I'm, you've already, you've already done so much and I can only wait to like see <laughs> whatever else you do. It's so exciting. But I want to get into the nitty gritty about skin. Cause I mean, Brenda have a million questions. I know I'll, so many girls have a million questions. So what 
skin routine steps should every woman in their 20s be doing in your opinion we can do morning and then we could do night like what steps do you think are really the most important for everyone to be incorporating okay so this is a great question because i feel like it can be really overwhelming you know you see all these skincare products and all these crazy things and really there's like you go to a drugstore and you see so many products and you don't even know where to begin or what a skincare routine even is Mm -hmm. and the more i think about it it's it's wild. Like it's such a, it seems like almost like a basic question, but it really is difficult for a lot of people to maneuver through. And so that's why to me with, you know, a skincare routine, I think it should be very simple because just like anything else, if it's overwhelming, people are probably not going to stick with it and then you're not going to see results. So Mm -hmm. for skincare routines, I think every single person no matter what type of skin you have, what your conditions are, what you're trying to treat morning and night, you need to absolutely be cleansing your face every morning and every single night, as well as using a moisturizer every single morning and every single night, no matter if your skin is oily, dry combination, whatever it might be. And then all of us ladies should be wearing sunscreen every single day. So my main skincare routine suggestions that I start everyone out with is in the morning, cleanse your face, pat it dry or do whatever you do to dry it off, then apply moisturizer and then a facial sunscreen. And no, your makeup doesn't count as sunscreen. <laughs> and then at night, do the same thing. You'll cleanse your face and moisturize. Those are the, you know, the main things I suggest for everybody. It does not have to be difficult, but it is very necessary to make sure that you are cleansing your face and doing that morning and night because you know, cleansing your face obviously gets rid of dirt and debris, helps exfoliate the skin, which is super helpful for your overall skin health. Moisturizers help keep your skin properly hydrated so that it's not overproducing oil or flaky and dry, which can compromise your skin barrier. And then wearing sunscreen is probably the one thing that I wish I started, you know, when I was 15 years old that I just never really understood before, but it is so important to make sure you are wearing sunscreen every day because the sun is the number one way that we age our skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I yell at my little sister all the time because she doesn't wear sunscreen. It makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a question about, um, about the cleansing. I just feel like we see all these little, um, like products and stuff that help you cleanse your skin. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example, like the little, like, like the Clarice, one or yeah, or like the yeah. Luna, like all that. Do you believe that that's necessary or, um, do you think you're fingers work just as well. What are your thoughts on that? I personally am not a huge fan of Clarisonics or using like manual cleansing tools like that, just because I find that most of my clients tend to overdo it. They'll Mm. buy one and they'll be obsessed with it and they'll use it morning, night, every single day. And that is actually a form of exfoliation, like a form of physical exfoliation, which really you should only be physically exfoliating your skin once a week. So if you have a Clarisonic and you can be disciplined enough to only use it once a week, then absolutely. But more than likely, you're probably like all of my friends who are addicted to them and then overuse it. And then that can cause a whole new slew of problems. So to be completely honest, like I just use my hands. I get asked this question a lot and it's a great question. I use my hands. I also use um, clean white wash rags as well. So like if I wear makeup, I'll wash my face first with my hands at night. Then I'll use a clean and wet face rag and I'll make sure it's not super abrasive. You know, like it's a pretty gentle rag and I'll use one of those after because I like to double cleanse at night if you know, I'm wearing makeup and I really want to make sure I get everything off. But other than that, your hands are just fine. And like I said, you can use Clarisonics or those kind of like cleansing tools, but they are really exfoliating. And typically I'm going to suggest that you only use them once a week. Yeah. Good to know. Everything you're saying is shaping our Sephora order. So that's why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They are having a sale. Remove from cart. So, so you just mentioned it. So what, what's the difference between a physical exfoliant and a chemical exfoliant? And like, how should we be using those? And how many days a week? I know you said with the physical, you should only be using one, once a week. But what, like, what, what counts as a physical exfoliant? Okay, so exfoliation is so important. It's a huge part of your skincare routine because this is truly how you keep your skin healthy. It helps slough off dead skin cells. It helps with texture, congestion, all kinds of things. And um, like you mentioned, there are two forms of exfoliation. So there's chemical exfoliants and physical exfoliants. Um, (laughs) Physical exfoliants are 
you know, it kind of sounds like what the name is, you know, it's something you physically do. So you can use a Clarisonic or you could use some sort of other tool that is going to, you know, promote exfoliation. Mm -hmm. You could also just use some sort of a scrub. There are some facial scrubs that you can use that are good for this. Now, disclaimer, I have to put this in here being an esthetician. Please do not use St. Ives because the beaded scrubs are actually not, those kind of scrubs are just not for your skin. Not, not good. Mm. No. We have heard. The reason for that is because they usually use crushed up almonds or walnuts or some sort of nut and they are jagged and they're mm. not perfectly um, circular. And so since they're jagged, they can actually cut your skin and then oh open God. up and allow for bacteria and debris to get in there. So this is something we learned in school. And I think half of my classroom had their jaw open because we were mm-hmm. all probably using scrubs yeah. like that before. Well, but I we remember as a kid, them. like that's what everyone, that was, we were oh, kids, yeah. Yeah. everyone was yeah. using. St. Ives, like apricot scrub mm, or whatever. Apricot scrub, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, oh especially if I had a breakout, you know I was using one of those. And I look back and I'm like, no wonder my skin hated me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just so irritating. But yeah, so physical exfoliation, that's kind of what that is. You know, some sort of scrub, um, using a Clarisonic, something like that once a week. Once a week. Chemical exfoliation, you can be using and should be using every single day because they're much more gentle. And what this means is it's just a chemical that is in a product that you're using, whether it's a mask, a cleanser, a toner, a moisturizer, something like that. And chemical exfoliants come in different types of acids. So they're typically in in an acid form and that's because they react with your skin and then cause the sloughing of dead skin cells. So there's two different types of acids. There's alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids, which you might've heard about them before. They sometimes are referred to as AHAs and BHAs, and they can seem super confusing, but they're really not. And there's, there's not a whole lot that you need to know necessarily about like every single type of acid, because there are a ton of different ones out there. But um, basically to make it pretty simple here, alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids are just two different types of acids that are chemical exfoliants. And you want to make sure that every day you're using at least one of these alpha hydroxy acids or beta hydroxy acids in your products because chemical exfoliants, like I said, are really important for your skin health and they should be used every single day because they're, they're gentle. You know, they're going to do, you know, a lot of great things for your skin in a gentle manner But, you know, those acids also come in things like peels that you can get done from an esthetician, but those are in much higher concentrations. That is so, so helpful. Oh my God. I know a million people doing that wrong. Um, But I have two two questions about that. Um, Number one, if you're using a chemical, uh, a chemical exfoliant, should you be doing that after your cleansing or before your cleansing? And you should be doing that at nighttime, right? Okay. So let's see here. So with exfoliants, you actually want to be using them in the morning, which is kind of surprising to a lot of people. I know. I know. It seems like (gasps) you want to use like the big guns at night. Unexpected. Yeah. I'm learning so much. (laughs) So I can break down like alpha alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids a little more for you guys too to like help you understand a little more. Yeah, but please. really what happens is, so you want to be using uh, chemical exfoliants every day. And the reason for this is because when you sleep is when your skin cells regenerate. So that's when your old skin cells are sloughing. And just like anything else you do when you're sleeping, your body's repairing everything. So it's also repairing your skin. So when you wake up, that's when you want to make sure you're using a good chemical exfoliant to help pull up those dead skin cells and help prevent congestion. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times when people think of these acids, they think of like, okay, is this acid just in like a jar that says alpha hydroxy acid and I put it on my face, you know? So what, what really it is, is these are just ingredients that are found in medical grade skincare products. So they are often found in cleansers, toners, masks, things that I had already kind of listed, but, um, typically a good cleanser that you're going to use is going to have these in them. So Mm -hmm. I know you asked me the question, you know, when should you use them? Typically your cleanser is going to have an acid like this in there that you're going to use right away. So it's going to be the first step of your cleansing process. And then also a lot of times if if you're addressing certain skin conditions, you can use other products too afterwards, like serums or, you know, lotions or creams or something that also have these um, acids in them as well. 
that mm-hmm. can be more targeted. So do you want me to kind of break down like the AHA, BHA? Yeah, if you don't mind. Okay. So basically what they are is they're just two different categories of hydroxy acids. Alpha hydroxy acids are water soluble. So they come from sugary fruits and beta hydroxy acids are oil soluble. And the most common form of beta hydroxy acid is salicylic acid, which a lot of people, you know, they know the term salicylic acid just because it's very, very common for fighting acne. And it's a great ingredient to help fight congestion and excess sebum and any oil that you might have. So basically, I think a lot of times people, like they're probably going to hear this and go, okay, like which, you know, form of acid should I be looking for, you know, in my products? Both forms like alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids are going to be great for you. Really, if you want to like simplify it, alpha hydroxy acids are usually a little bit better for anti-aging where beta hydroxy acids are a little bit better for acne. But there's a lot of different products out there that combine alpha hydroxy acids with beta hydroxy acids or just use one or the other. And they're, you know, very effective. But typically like alpha hydroxy acids, like the type of ingredients that you're looking for when you see these are going to be glycolic acid, lactic acid, tartaric acid, citric acid, malic acid, um, mandelic acid. Those are like the main ones and they come from different things. You know, like glycolic acid comes from sugar cane, lactic acid comes from milk. They're all just derivatives and extracts, extracts from um, certain things found in nature. So they're all natural things really. But what these acids do is they eat away dead skin cells, which can help with, you know, decreasing inflammation on the skin. They can decrease the appearance of large pores. They can, even your skin tone, improve texture, remove dead skin cells, help with acne. So you really should be using some sort of a chemical exfoliant every single day in your products because those active ingredients are what actually make a difference and help fluff off all of the dead stuff on your epidermis, which is your top dead layer of skin. Because your, your skin, like when you're looking at someone's face, like those top layers of your skin that you see are actually all dead layers of skin mm-hmm. that are working way out of your like face, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, wow. that's amazing. Learning so much already. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Um, I, sorry, bud. Go ahead. And then I had a second question about that. No, no, no. Go ahead. Mine was different. Uh, so go ahead. Okay. My, so my second question was that I know you said you can use them every day, but for someone who has never used a, like any kind of acid before, do you recommend like starting with like one or two days and working your way up or are they gentle enough that someone could just start including them into their daily routine? So the thing is it comes down to percentages. So alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids found in products, it really like, you know, one product could have salicylic acid and so could another, and one could make you really irritated and one might not. And it's based Mm -hmm. on the percentages. So you would just want to look for, you know, usually on the product label or somewhere in the description, it'll tell you like what type of skin it's for. Products and brands have gotten really good anymore with kind of putting on there, like what type of skin it's good for. So if it's made for sensitive skin or oily skin, mm-hmm. or combination skin or whatever it might be, usually I tell everybody who's diving into products that are going to have active ingredients like this to just start with any product that is going to be made for sensitive skin, normal skin, or dry skin. Because mm-hmm. even if you have oily skin, if this is your first time using these products, you never know how you're going to react. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I have very oily skin, but when I first started using professional products that were medical grade, I had sensitized skin. So my skin was super sensitive to everything I used just because I'd irritated it for so long by using the improper products that my skin did not need. And so products that would normally be made for oily skin were way too strong for me at the time. Like I had to build my way up. So it's a really good question that you asked because I think a lot of people want to just like dive in and use like these crazy, you know, great products that have all these awesome active ingredients that do all these Mm -hmm. things. But really you have to tread really carefully and start really slow. It's just Mm -hmm. like anything else, you know, start a couple times a week or just start really gentle or, you know, use products from a line that you're interested in, but just start with like their gentle products versus something that's more aggressive. That's really going to target something because Mm -hmm. you really have to assess your skin and switching from a product like Neutrogena, like Neutrogena or something from a Mm -hmm. wall and then switching to something that's medical grade that has percentages that are much higher and that has active ingredients that drugstore brands just simply cannot have because mm-hmm. the labels are not allowed to let them do that. You know, it's just a big change for your skin. So it's a great question. I think it's really smart to just start slow and work mm-hmm. your way up. Makes sense. Totally. No, that makes so much sense. And 
I had a question about, I'm constantly asking Julia this question, so she's probably really gonna thank you for me switching it over to you. Um, <laughs> what do we do about like acne scars and pigmentation? Okay, so acne scars, is this for you specifically? Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is a selfish question. Honestly, it's a yes. <laughs> That's okay. Um, for your acne scarring, is it pigmented scarring or is it pits and deeper um, like pox in your skin? It's just pigmented. pigmented. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So scarring can go two different ways. Acne scarring can cause texture issues and can like you know, create pits in your skin. And then scarring can also cause pigment. And sometimes it can do both. Fortunately for you, pigment is easier to address than the scars where they create deep holes in the, in the skin. And the reason for that is because the scarring that can cause those deeper holes, it's just, that means that it's damaged deeper levels of your skin. So it's gone down into your dermis so your epidermis is your top layer, and then your dermis is your living layer underneath that. The epidermis is the dead layer on top that we're constantly working to exfoliate, and then the dermis is that live um, skin that has collagen. So if there's scars that are pitted like that, it means that there's damage to the collagen, there's damage to that skin, and it, it is possible to treat them, but it is it is a lot longer of a process because they're just so much deeper whereas pigment usually lies on the top layers of your skin. So the pigment's usually up in the epidermis more. It can reside in the dermis too, but I find that a lot of times acne scarring is pretty superficial, meaning it's in those top layers. And so there's a lot of different things you can do. The number one thing you can do every single day is start wearing sunscreen because the sun will contribute to that pigment and can make that pigment worse. Also, you want to make sure that you are seeing an esthetician or someone that can do exfoliating treatments because exfoliation, again, is the key to anti-aging and to great skin and it can help pull up pigment. So I really like doing light chemical peels, dermaplane, hydrofacials, any type of facial procedure that's going to help slough off, slough off that dead skin on top because usually that pigment is lying in those dead skin cells and you can kind of pull that up that way. And then also it can trigger the skin to create new skin cells, which can pull out that pigment. And then also using brightening products that can help, you know, even out your skin tone and help inhibit melanin because melanin is what's in your skin that can create pigment changes. And so melanin inhibitors are really great things that can really, you know, help combat pigment issues. So kojic acid, vitamin C, um, mandelic acid. There's a couple other acids that are all really good for targeting pigment specifically, and they can do really, really great things to help um, get rid of that pigment for you. Awesome. And are, wow, that's so helpful. Are there any, like being that right now at this time, I don't have access to an esthetician, unfortunately, um, because we're all home, obviously. Are there any like products, um, any specific like lines or something that you would recommend? So I'm a huge fan of Epionce, which is a line that I talk a lot about just because it's botanical based. It's very good um, as a line for people to start with, especially if they're new to medical grade products. And they also have a lot of products that really do target pigment. So they have a few products specifically that I would recommend for pigment and scarring. I really like their Intense Defense Serum. It is a serum that has vitamin C, vitamin A, and it has actually has 22 essential vitamins that your skin needs for the overall health of your skin. And it can really help with, you know, just anti-aging and evening out your pigment. So I really like that serum. I really like the Melanolite TX serum for them as well. And it's a serum that you can apply at night that helps inhibit that melanin production, which will help with fighting pigment. I really like um, brightening pads. This is kind of a little plug here, but I have my own brightening pads that I created for my skincare line and they have kojic acid and vitamin C in them. You can use those every morning and they're really great as well for, you know, evening skin tone and helping with pigment. Amazing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. There are, there are a lot of great products out there. You know, there's vitamin C serums. I know a lot of people know about CE Ferulic, which is from SkinCeuticals. It's a very common mm -hmm. uh, skincare product that I hear a ton about. And that's a you know really good vitamin C serum as well. So anything 
is really going to be good for targeting pigment. I would say, you know, doing whatever you can at home right now is really going to help. So using good skincare products, making sure you're wearing your sunscreen. If you have any scars that are, you know, six months old or less, I would make sure you're wearing a hat all the time because they're still healing and you don't want to cause more pigment damage. I know for me, like I probably look like a crazy lady when I go outside because I have my sunscreen on, I got it on my chest, on my face, I got my big hat, my big sunglasses. Like I'm like covering <laughs> my face as much as I can. Hide from the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the sun. I mean, it's beneficial. Obviously you need vitamin D and it's great for your mood and all that. But my face, I have so much damage from all the years of tanning that I just regret so much. So mm. for me, any damage that you might have or any scarring that you might have, really the best way to keep it at bay is to just keep it as far away from the sun as you can. And that doesn't mean you have to keep your whole body out of the sun, but your face specifically, if you are sensitive or you know that you have a spot on your face that you burned when you were younger or something, just try to cover your face when you can because all of those areas are going to be much more sensitive as you get older, especially like they will tend to, you know, the sun, it's almost like the sun gravitates to those areas because it knows that that skin is damaged. And so it gets damaged further, even easier because of that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. We got to get our hands on some of those AN pads. <laughs> we need those. For real. <laughs> um, since we're talking about the sun, I have a question about sunscreens. Um, there's two types of sunscreens, right? There's like a physical and a chemical, or I don't know if that's what it's called. Yeah. So it's kind of funny because it's just like the, the um, exfoliation question you had, you know, there's chemi chemical exfoliation and physical and sunscreens are the same way, which this kind of blew my mind because I never used to know this. I thought sunscreen was just sunscreen, you know, yeah. phone, whatever, you know? And so, um, yeah, there are two different types of sunscreen. There are physical sunscreens and chemical sunscreens. They both look very similar, you know, they're sunscreen, but in terms of the ingredients, that's where the difference is. So mm -hmm. physical sunscreens are going to have things like zinc oxide in them and titanium dioxide in them where chemical sunscreens have these crazy words that I can barely even pronounce. <laughs> Um, uh -huh. yeah, oxybenzone, octinoxate, those kind of words, anything that <laughs> like sounds like a chemical, it's a chem that's a chemical sunscreen. And so the way uh -huh. you'll know that is when you look at the label, it'll tell you the active ingredients mm -hmm. and it'll say sunscreen, dot, 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 dot. And then it'll tell you like what the ingredient is. If it says, um, zinc oxide, then that's how, you know, it's a physical sunscreen. And if it says something like oxybenzone or octinoxate, then you'll know that it's a chemical sunscreen. Uh -huh. And from my research, from what I learned in school, from everything that I've, you know, known and seen with my clients, things like that, physical sunscreens are really the way to go. And that is because there is new research coming out that physical sunscreens are much safer for the skin. They actually work more effectively because they reflect the sun rays where chemical sunscreens actually absorb the sun rays and absorb that heat. So it actually heats mm. up your skin where physical sunscreen does not, it deflects it completely. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being more effective and actually chemical sunscreens can be very irritating for people. A lot of people are allergic to it because it does heat up your skin. It can cause a lot of irritation. I've seen people who get breakouts from it. So, um, you know, in terms of, it means your face, you don't want to get breakouts from wearing a mm -hmm. sunscreen every day. So in terms of that, just for the factor of, you know, making sure that your skin is clear, that alone, I'm going to recommend physical sunscreen for, but also because I find that it's more effective and safer for your skin. Awesome. And then with the sunscreen, you should be doing that after your moisturizer and before your makeup. Yes, that's perfect. Great. So you'll, you'll cleanse, moisturize, put on your sunscreen, and make makeup on after. And even if you're indoors, you want to make sure you're wearing it too, because rays actually go through the window. If you're driving in a car, they'll go through your window of your car. You might notice if you do have sun damage on your face, it's probably worse on your left side because that side is facing the window. Mm -hmm. oh, Wear yeah. your sunscreen, ladies. Yes, ladies. <laughs> Brenda, do you want to ask Ashley your poor question? Absolutely. 100%. I would be honored. Um, <laughs> another selfish, but I think relatable question. Is it possible to shrink pores? And if so, how do we do it? I really Brenda sends me pictures of her pores. Like, I literally do. She's like, how do I make this smaller? I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, I have holes in my face. <laughs> yeah, that's I what wish, you're <laughs> I wish I had some magical answer here, but <laughs> this, this is another thing that is a, a common misconception. I always see it like in advertisements too. And I'm just 
I'm like face palm. Why are they saying this? You actually <laughs> cannot change your pore size. You are. I told you. I know I was like I was I was upset and then I was like shocked when I heard it this I was it like it is upsetting <laughs> it is but like honestly also because it's like it's marketed so as if you can like I think every product that I look for is like shrinks pores visibly changes the appearance of pores and I'm like oh okay let me buy that exactly <laughs> but it's it's misleading so there you go Mythbuster. Yeah, myth busted. So <laughs> yeah, I'll explain it just a little bit so you understand. Um, yeah. You're actually born with your pore size. It is based on your genetics and how your skin is made up. So there are four, really four main types of skin. And you can either have normal skin, which can be like normal or dry. You can have combination skin where you will have, you know, areas on your skin where it's normal and then areas on your skin where it's also kind of oily, oftentimes in your T-zone. You can have oily skin where your skin is just oily all over. Over, or you can have very sensitive skin. And typically anyone who has normal, dry, or sensitive skin has, you know, very small pores. So you can't see their pores. They're usually that friend that you have that you look at them and you're just so jealous because they have like that porcelain skin because they have, you just can't see any pore on their face and they probably rarely get pimples. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I hate you, but I love you, you know? And so yeah. that's, that's the person with really small pores and that's just how they're born. And so the smaller your pores are, the less oil you have. So you, that's why if you have dry or normal skin, your pores are small. So then if you have combination or oily skin, your pores are usually bigger. If your pores are only big in your T-zone, so between your eyebrows, around your nose, and on your chin, but they're smaller on your cheeks, then that's probably combination skin. If your pores are big everywhere, you can look on any place on your face and your pores are big, then you have oily skin. And the blessing in that is that you will age better because that oil helps you with anti-aging. It helps prevent wrinkles, but it, you run the risk of developing acne easier just because you produce more sebum and oil and your pores are larger so they can trap more debris in there. Wow. Yeah. That makes so, so much sense. It does. Yeah. So you're born with your pore size and products, I believe now, I, I don't know if they've changed it with marketing or whatever, but they can say that it can visibly shrink, reduce, reduce yeah, the appearance of your pores, but they can't say like shrinks pores or makes pores smaller because you, you can't, you can't make right. pores small. You can make them look smaller, I suppose, because if you're pulling gunk and debris out of there, it's going to close that pore up a little more. So it won't look as big. Right. You know, obviously like but if you're- But it's just like being clean. Like then you're just being clean. You're not shrinking yeah, exactly. your pores. Like, right. It just really cleans your pores. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes I'm like, is it even my pores? Like I, I think what you said made sense to me that like, it's mostly like my nose area. Um, like if I feel like even if I'm exfoliating and stuff that it kind of still looks, this sounds disgusting, but like it kind of still looks like clogged, I guess. Like I feel like it still feels or, or looks clogged. Like I'm like, all right, I need a nose strip or something. I feel like I'm constantly thinking I need a nose strip, a blackhead remover, whatever it's called. Yeah. You know, I've seen so many people that have the same concerns as you, including <laughs> myself. And I'm an esthetician and I will tell you, I think that it is just a place that we tend to build more oil and it is really hard to keep that clear. I mean, I could probably extract blackheads out of my nose every single day, like no joke. Mm -hmm. It just, it's like an everyday thing. So to anybody listening that thinks that they're alone and they're the only one that has a nose full of blackheads, it is actually so normal. And I see it on 99% of my patients. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Making people feel less alone. <laughs> yeah, seriously, because all this time we're like, oh, this is so not normal. I need to change it immediately. But it helps to even feel like it's something that you encounter. Yeah. I mean, I seriously, every single day, I, I wish I had some magic thing that could yeah. get rid of it because that is one of the <sighs> most annoying things that I struggle with yeah, too. Yeah, totally. On my nose are always a big hassle. But if you've never had a hydrofacial, those can really help a lot. They pull all that stuff out. I love it. Hydrofacial, amazing. Yeah. And that leads me to my next question, um, Ashley. So, for let's, so, you know, some of us in our younger 20s, money is like not great. But, um, but if we want to go and like get, you know, see an esthetician maybe like once a season or get like a special, treat ourselves to like a special facial, is there any, I know you just mentioned the hydrofacial, are there any treatments that you really love for like younger skin that you find? helps people if you can't afford yeah. to go like all the time. Absolutely. So hydrofacials are great. I love them. I a hundred percent believe they are worth the money and you get a lot 
for what you're paying for, in my opinion. It's a four-step process. It deep cleans your skin, extracts. It has a really light peel in there. It plumps your skin up with antioxidants. It has LED light therapy, all kinds of great cool things that it can do for your skin and just really leave you with a nice glow. Super good for anybody in their 20s just trying to keep their skin healthy and happy. The thing with hydrofacials is no matter where you go, hydrofacial, the company, sets a minimum. So you can not charge anything less than 150 per facial mm. for those. Like they do not allow any salon or spa to charge less than that. And if you find a salon or spa that charges less than that, please run because that's not, not <laughs> that's not right. Yeah. So, um, that's good to know. Yeah. So a basic hydrofacial is going to start at 150 and they can go anywhere from 150 to, I mean, three, $400, depending on what you add on. If you add, you know, there's all kinds of bells and whistles you can add on to that treatment. So that's going to be the price for that. And yes, it can get kind of pricey. Um, but you know, a basic hydrofacial is a really great place to start. I started a lot of my ladies in their twenties that are on a budget right there. You know, 150 every couple months is super doable in my opinion, especially for taking care of your skin health. But there's also other treatments you can get that are probably around the hundred dollar, maybe 125 ish range. And those include, you know, you could get like a basic facial that includes, usually it's, it has a few different add-ons that you can include that you can customize to, to each person. So for me, you know, one of my favorite facials that I do on my ladies, especially in their twenties that they really, really love is 45 minute facial. It includes, you know, a deep cleanse. I'll analyze your skin, dermaplane your face where I'll get rid of all the little baby peach fuzz. It's a really great, um, physical form of exfoliation. So I'm using a tool to physically exfoliate the skin. And then I will do a light chemical peel after that, which is chemical exfoliation. And it's just a super light peel. It won't make you slough or flake or look like a snake for five days. You know, your skin will just be a little pink for like 30 minutes and you know, you'll wake up the next day and you'll have super even skin. It's really, really soft and glowy, really good for anti-aging, just great for anybody in their twenties, just wanting to get like a nice little pick me up to stay on top of their skin. You know, so these procedures, you know, are anywhere between a hundred and $150, the, the couple that I just mentioned. And I think that's super reasonable. Yeah, yeah definitely. Especially if we're, you know, it's something you're saving up for and you're going like once a season or, you know, um, it's totally reasonable. And you mentioned, um, you kind of started talking about anti-aging. And I feel like since we're kind of talking about women in their 20s, um, so many things are marketed as anti-aging. And when do when do women in their 20s actually have to start using them? Like, when do you incorporate that stuff? Yeah, it's funny because I get asked that a lot. They're like, am I... Am I allowed? Like I'm 22. Am I allowed? Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can start with anyone you want. You know. I mean, I think <laughs> the biggest thing I've learned with skin is it's so much better to top of it than it is to try to like pick up. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to my words here, but like where you try to make up for it later, you know, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I've my skin for 40 years and now I want to magically be like Benjamin Button and age back. Right. Like, right. What? How are you? No, <laughs> no. So the best thing to do is really start young. I mean, truly like, please do not get in a tanning bed. That's the worst thing you can do. Or if you do like cover your face, like do not tan your face, please. I regret every Aww. session. I tanned for years. That's like the number one thing that damaged my skin for sure. So mm-hmm. just you know, I'm not saying don't go in the sun, have fun, be outside, do whatever you want to do, but wear sunscreen. You know, that's the best anti-aging thing you can do. It's not glamorous. Mm -hmm. It's not some $300 product. It's not some crazy, you know, sexy serum that you put on your face at night, but it really is the best anti-aging treatment you Mm -hmm. can use. And anything that is marketed for anti-aging is absolutely for anybody in their twenties. I mean, if anything, you're going to notice more results from it because your mm-hmm. skin is so healthy and you're in such a good place that it's going to mm-hmm. keep it healthy and maintain those results. And really, I mean, you can't get new skin on your face. You get one, one face, you know, you can yeah. do so take care you of it. Way, but yeah, you can't totally. you can, like replace your skin. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that makes sense. And are there any like specific products that you recommend for anti-aging that that you like or that you recommend to your clients? Yeah. Antioxidants are incredible. Those are like the best thing you can use honestly for anti-aging. And I think everyone should be using antioxidants and consuming antioxidants. So make sure Mm -hmm. you're getting in some reds powder or something, you know, if you're not, if you're not a big fruit person, but, um, antioxidants are huge. They're so great for, 
getting rid of oxidative stress and removing inflammation. And they're just really good for regenerating the skin. And so vitamin C is actually a precursor to collagen and collagen is what keeps your skin firm and healthy. So you want to make sure you're getting in a good amount of vitamin C through your diet and on your skin. So Mm -hmm. vitamin C is pretty much, in my opinion, like an absolute must in terms Mm -hmm. of anti-aging products. So the intense defense serum from Epionce that I really love has vitamin C in it. My brightening pads have vitamin C in it. There are vitamin C serums that you can use. There are plenty on the market. I'm sure they're great. You know, make sure you check reviews and make sure that they're, you know, a reputable brand wherever you're getting it from. But vitamin C is for sure a you know, a really good anti-aging product that everybody should be using. Amazing. That's amazing. So helpful. Um, So my next question, Ashley, is I know we've been talking a lot about medical grade products, which I love, but there's like this whole movement we see about like this like clean, clean beauty. So what do you think about that movement? I know you talked that like your, so a lot of your products are made with like botanicals. I know your fragrances are. So what, what's your take on the clean beauty movement? I think it's an incredible movement. And I love that our world is becoming more conscious of this, especially women. I mean, I think it's no, it, I think it's very, you know, alarming that women are so much more likely to develop to develop thyroid conditions and hormonal conditions than men. And I believe truly that it's because of all the products that we do use and a mm-hmm. lot of them can be toxic. And, you know, it really is about balance. You know, I'm still going to color my hair. I'm still going to, you know, do certain things. Yeah. But I think when you're able to be in control and make an informed decision and choose something healthier versus not, I'm mm-hmm. absolutely going to do that. So I try not to be, you know, crazy about it. Cause I, I think I had a moment where I was just like super hippy dippy and I was like, Oh my gosh, anything that's not like a hundred percent from the earth is bad, you know? And it was just, it consumed my life and it was super difficult mm-hmm. to live that way. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's an excuse, but I truly felt like it was kind of mentally just exhausting me. So I will say like, I love the idea of, you know, cleaner products and clean beauty products. I obviously have an all natural perfume line that I, use every day that I stand behind firmly because, you know, I have hypothyroidism and I don't want to be putting perfume on my neck where my thyroid is. If it's mm-hmm. if it has toxic ingredients in it, totally. alter my hormones, you know? So there are things that are just absolutes to me, like my skincare, I definitely care a lot about. I'm not perfect with everything by any means, but you know, I like Epion's, for example, they are botanical based. I like using, you know, my skincare line is paraben free and uses clean ingredients as well. And you know, it's not a hundred percent all organic, all natural, everything that I use, because in some instances there are, you know, more benefits than Mm. cons to using some additives and things that can really help make products work better. Mm -hmm. So it really, it really does just come down to, you know, understanding like where you're going to set those boundaries, like with what you do. use. But at the end of the day, your skin is your biggest organ. Everything you put on it ends up affecting you somehow. And if you can be conscious of what you're using and if the world can be a little more aware of that and start making products that don't have, you know, phthalates, parabens, things that can be really harmful to our endocrine systems that can support our home hormones. I am absolutely on board with that because I think that is so important. Yeah. That's a really helpful answer. For sure. And I know that you've been mentioning also that you use really medical grade products as well as with your clients. Um, But just like reflecting on how you said that sometimes going from, let's say, using nothing to using medical grade products that it could take your skin some time to adjust. Is there like a place you would recommend for someone to start like with any drugstore brands or something to build their way up to the medical grade? Well, so medical grade products and drugstore products are actually completely different. So you can't really build your skin up to get used to medical grade products by using products that aren't, unfortunately, just because the way it works is medical grade products are typically only ones that you can get from a licensed esthetician, a medical spa, a plastic surgery center, you know, an authorized retailer that is allowed to sell those products because they're a medical practice or have some sort of license that allows them to. And drugstores, for example, you know, you don't need to have a license or anything to sell those products. And the products at drugstores are meant to work, yes, but they cannot penetrate deep enough into your skin to really create a lot of change. And the reason for that is because their drugstore brands are made for anyone and everyone. Mm -hmm. And these brands 
can't use products that have really high active ingredients because of the potential that, you know, they are so active. They're not going to always be for everyone and they don't want to, you know, risk having like a lawsuit or something. So they're Mm -hmm. really, and, and just the way the rules are with them, they, they can't use certain percentages that uh, medical grade products can use in terms of their ingredients and how effective they are. So, I mean, there are some good brands that are, that are drugstore brands. I will not say that every drugstore brand is bad by any means. That is not the case at all. But in terms of medical grade, it's just a whole new beast usually. Um, And that's why I just try to tell people to start really gentle and really slow, you know, just start with like a gentle cleanser, simple moisturizer, really basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, and there are, there are actually times where I will tell people to go use medical, or I'm sorry, go use drugstore brands instead of medical grade, because if they are just super, super, super sensitive, I will be like, okay, we're just going to start you real basic here. You know, like mm-hmm. something that has like hardly any actives in it at all. Mm-hmm. Let's just see how you do move forward. Or sometimes people have reactions to products. I mean, very rarely, but like for me, I had a procedure done. I had a laser treatment done. And then I started using my medical grade, grade products too soon. And I developed a rash all over my face. And, oh my God. and that was like a month ago and it was so itchy and I didn't know what to do. And then I was like, okay, inner esthetician, like what would you tell your client? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so I went to the drugstore and I seriously just got like a super basic, like CeraVe cleanser and like a use in moisturizer and just mm-hmm. use that for like four days just because mm-hmm. it's super basic and calming and whatever and then my skin was fine after that because if I would have kept using my medical grade stuff it just would have kept irritating it so mm-hmm. there's a time and place for everything for sure but unfortunately I don't think you can really build up from yeah um, drugstore brands to medical grade to med- yeah no that makes perfect sense mm-hmm. for sure yeah so Ashley can you tell us a little bit about your two lines Sure. So Scent Naturals is my all-natural perfume line. We actually just launched today a body lotion, an all-natural body lotion. Oh yeah, I saw it on your website. Yeah, I'm so excited. So that is so, so, so exciting. We've been working on that for ever. It took so long to get that formulated, but it was so worth the wait because we have so many people asking us about body lotion. Yeah. And it's actually kind of hard to formulate a natural one that works well. So, um, but yeah, so we created that almost two years ago now, I believe probably, well, probably closer to a year and a half. I have two business partners. They're amazing. Their names are Keegan and Nicole and they're in New York. Actually, they're over by you guys. And that's where my headquarters is. And we created the very first all natural perfume line. So it's made of essential oils. It's botanical based. It's, you know, great for people who are sensitive, people who have, you know, thyroid conditions or, you know, don't want to use anything that have endocrine disrupting ingredients in them. We just found that like a lot of perfume lines have just nasty chemicals in them that are really, really bad for you. And for me, when I was going through a bunch of my health issues, I developed sensitivities to chemicals. So I would get migraines and I would get headaches and like asthma and all these weird things. And I couldn't figure out why. And I started learning that it was from all of the artificial like fragrances that were, you know, in mm-hmm. my, my airwick thing. And then in my, <laughs> you know, in my, yeah. All these things that I was yeah. using, I was like, oh my Makes gosh, sense. all my products are... You know, <laughs> I have to get rid of everything. <laughs> yeah. So at one point, I really didn't have a choice. I kind of had to cut out these things because I was... Mm-hmm. I was developing so many sensitivities. And so I had to stop using perfume because it just irritated me so much. So then, um, you know, I was like, I'm just going to create my own. So me and my business partners, we kind of brought our heads together and we created a perfume line. And now we have four different scents. We're working on a fifth and we have our natural lotion that just came out so we're very excited about that amazing oh my god can't i want to go try it i know it's wonderful i think oh, you would oh my god yeah i mean it looks beautiful like everything on the website just looks gorgeous everything thank and you and what about the skincare line so my skincare line i've been working on since i got out of school so i got out of school in september it is now April of 2020. So it's just taking me about six months to get it like fully launched. I finally got my website and everything launched. That's um, fast. That's really, really fast. <laughs> I feel like that's like, oh my God. Thank you. It, it's taken a lot of trial and error. You know, at first I was ordering yeah. samples and trying them for myself and trying them on my clients and just trying to get feedback. And, you know, before you invest in things like this, you really want to make sure that it's, you know, something you believe in and it's something that's Absolutely. Perfect. 
yourself. So I've been using the products for months now, just really trying to make sure it was something I loved and just, you know, talking back and forth with different things. But I finally got it all set up. I got my website launched a couple of weeks ago. I've been selling out of my pads, which has been so cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. In soon. So I'll be, you know, I'll have more in stock very shortly, but it's been really, really cool to see the feedback. As of right now, I just have skincare pads because to me, I just wanted to make something really simple. There's mm-hmm. a lot of brands out there that have really great cleansers, really great moisturizers, you know, all those things. And so I really didn't want to try to create my own because there are just so many good ones already that I mm-hmm. love, but I really wanted to make a simple product that you could add into your skincare routine. That's really easy. Again, mm-hmm. I'm all about easy because I'm learning with my clients. Like they just want simple. So yeah. I love skincare pads. You know, you can just wipe them on your face. Put yeah, them on they your sound neck. amazing. Yeah, they're so easy. And so I have three main ones right now. I have glow pads, which are like a weekly pad that you can use that are just a form of chemical exfoliation that really helps with like evening your skin tone. It's just really good for anti-aging. Uh-huh. I have brightening pads that are specifically for pigment, scarring, those kinds of things. You use those daily. Um, and then I have exfoliating pads, which are really great for acne. They really fight. They really help fight acne. They're good for, um, fighting inflammation, reducing redness, you know, just getting rid of any bacteria on your skin. You can use those every night. And then I'm working on a green tea pad. Ooh. I'm very excited about because green tea, little fun fact is incredible for your skin. I drink green tea every day. The antioxidants and polyphenols green tea are so good for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And whenever I get a really big pimple, I will take a green tea bag and I will steep it and then I will use the green tea bag as like a hot compress and I'll put it on the zit. Oh my God. For a couple minutes. And I swear by the next day that zit will be half the size. Like it brings it down. So wow. mm-hmm. I'm taking oh, notes on create pads for it too, because I think that'll really help for people who get like those, those like cystic, you know, acne yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and lucky for me, I think your glow pads are the ones that are still in stock. Oh yeah, I'm ordering as we. Like, oh, I'm gonna get these. (laughs) Well, everyone loves them, and they're selling out. So you know, I gotta, I gotta move quickly. (laughs) Um, Before we get to our last couple of questions, Ashley, just because you brought it up, um, and I know this is a huge problem for me, and I know you've had hormonal struggles before, but is there anything that you can do about like breakouts around your period? I feel like I've gotten such a handle on my acne, but I still every month freak out around my period. So typically, you know, in a perfect world, we would have perfect skin when our period comes. Right. (laughs) I will say though, more often than not, it is unfortunately very, I hate the word normal, but normal slash common, I guess is common is probably what I'd rather say for this to happen. And the cruddy thing about hormones is it is, you can't like look inside yourself and be like hormones, what's going on? You know, you can't just be like a snapshot of what's happening. But typically that tells me if you're breaking out right before your period, that there might be a slight imbalance. So Mm -hmm. there might be something that you could work on. Most of the time from what I'm seeing is it's either androgens. So like testosterone, for example, or it is due to low progesterone and mm-hmm. low progesterone is something I struggle a lot with. Um, it's because, you know, I'm a super type a stress ball and mm-hmm. when you're stressed out, it lowers your progesterone really easily. So something I'm working on diligently is trying to get my <laughs> progesterone back up. Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, if your cycle is completely normal and the only thing you get is a pimple or two, then, you know, it just might be genetic, you know, mm-hmm. genetically you might just be more prone to breakouts around your period. We have surges of hormones right before our period. And those surges of hormones can do crazy things. And yes, they can show up on your skin. Mm -hmm. But I would say, you know, the biggest thing is when your period's about to come, just make sure you're, you know, keeping up with your skincare routine, cleansing well, make sure you're using a good chemical exfoliant, like maybe use a serum that has some salicylic acid in it. If you start to notice any breakups pop up, breakouts pop up, sorry. And then, you know, if, if it really is a concern to you, I would say maybe get some lab work done and just, you know, go to your regular doctor or go to your OB and just, you know, tell them what's going on. Say, you know, I'm, I have a few symptoms here. My cycle might be a little off or, you know, I'm starting to break out a little bit, you know, around my cycle. I would really just want to check up and see how everything's doing and, you know, check your estrogen, your testosterone, your progesterone, and kind of see where your levels are at and kind of go from there and just see what's going on. A lot of times, you know, I wish I had like some magic product you could use or something to mm-hmm. just kind of 
that go on gone. But like you said, you know, you can do everything perfect and still break out. And that's just yeah. how hormones work. So yeah. if it's something that's a mm-hmm. real bothersome thing to you, I would say, you know, try to get some labs done if possible. No, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome advice. That really For is. For sure. And kind of going off of that, actually, with like using new products, how long do you recommend? Like, I know sometimes maybe it's supposed to get a little bit worse before it gets better. Is that true? <laughs> like if you have some sort of reaction to a product, like what's the waiting period before you see if it actually works for you or if it's not working for your skin? This is a good question. So usually I find that people don't purge a lot or break out a lot when they start products, but you do always hear about those, you know, people that are like, Oh my gosh, I started a new product and my face just went crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. So it does happen. I won't say that it won't, but, um, the biggest thing is if you do start a new product and you notice that you break out, do not freak out. Mm-hmm. I would say give it three weeks, give okay. it at least three weeks. And if the breakouts start to get better, then you're probably out of the woods. If it just seems like no matter what you're doing, it's getting worse, it's getting worse, it's getting worse. Obviously, I would say stop the product. You know, use your best judgment here. If you notice that your skin is irritated, red, breaking out, every possible thing under the sun that could go wrong, obviously your skin is not liking it. <laughs> Everybody's skin is different. Fred might try a product, love it, and then you try it and hate it. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means, again, you probably have a different skin type or different needs. And so typically I tell people if they start a product and they break out, you're going to break out right away. You're going to notice it, you know, within the first week, you'll purge a little bit, you know, you'll start getting a few that come up and it's just because you're using a product with high active ingredients. So it's pulling out that congestion. So it's actually doing its job. It's getting rid of congestion. It's pulling out that debris and oil. And so, yes, unfortunately, sometimes it gets a little worse before it gets better, but it should not just get worse and get worse and get worse and get Mm -hmm. worse for months on end. You know, I'd say Mm -hmm. give it three weeks, maybe four, start noticing that no matter what you're doing, it's just getting worse. I would say then it's probably time to ditch it, maybe try it again later. But um, usually from what I see after the first couple weeks, it subsides, it gets better. And, you know, sometimes it's just part of it. You got to purge because you might have some underlying congestion, Mm -hmm. but um, hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, no, that's super helpful. And I think for people listening to this episode too, often a lot of people have a mentality of like all or nothing. I definitely have been that way in my lifetime (laughs) and it's still something that I kind of work through. So I know like, for example, hearing you talk, you know, you're so inspired to be like, oh my gosh, I want to take the best care of my skin. Um, So it seems like you also recommend to start small with adding products in general, because I know you look on the internet and there's like 10 step, 11 step routines and (laughs) not, you know, to like not irritate your skin fully so fast. Right. Yeah. Start small. Work your way up. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Ashley, you have been so incredible. You have given us so much knowledge. I literally could keep you here all night. (laughs) (laughs) I could ask questions on end, but thank you so much. Seriously, like for all of your knowledge, you've been so incredible. We're going to just ask you two little questions before we let you go. This is a question that we ask all of our guests. It doesn't have to be related to skincare. It can be, but uh, has there been any resource in your life that has helped guide you through your 20s thus far? It could be a book, it could be a podcast, it could be a person, show, anything. Yeah, I really like Lewis Howe's podcast, Me too. The School of, Greatness. School of Greatness. I love, I really love that podcast. And I'll be honest, I am really picky with podcasts because I, I find that it can be just really hard to relate to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I obviously love your guys as I've been listening to your episodes. Thank you guys you. are incredible. I love what you're doing. Thank um, you. But I also, I really love Lewis Howe's podcast. I think he's great. I love the guest speakers he has on there. And that has been, you know, a really good, like pivotal thing for me. And, you know, there's other resources for sure, but I would say that's probably the one that really comes to mind that people that are listening can, can utilize right away. Love that. Oh, that's awesome. I actually weirdly just started listening to that podcast the other day. He released one um, on love, intimacy, and like relationship and dating during this time. And it it was just so, oh my God, it was so good. I recommended it to everyone I knew. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Like go back and look at some of his older episodes. I've been listening to him for years and he is so great. And Mm -hmm. I just love how, I don't know. He's just, he's very relatable. Good guy. Always has really great people on and good podcasts. So I'm glad you like it too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And our last question is where can people find you? So your Instagram, website, office, location, whatever, whatever you want to share. 
Awesome. Yeah. Um, I'd say the best way to find me would be on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram. Um, it's just my name, Ash Nordman. And that, you know, you can DM me. I message everybody back. You can follow me, whatever you want to do. You can check out my skincare line at anskinbeauty.com. I also have a blog there. You can check out too and contact me through my website. Those are the two best uh, resources I would say. And I'm in St. Louis. So if you're in the area and need an esthetician, just holler. <laughs> Amazing, Ash. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. We'll link her websites to her products in the show notes. You guys can easily find them and order everything because Ashley's so amazing. And Ashley, thank you so, so much for coming and and answering all of our burning skin questions. It was (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. No problem. I'll be back anytime you want me. It's been great. Oh my God. (laughs) Don't say that. We'll be calling you every week. (laughs) Round two of skin questions. Round two. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ash. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.